Welcome to the Davis Political Review Podcast. My name is Jaron Henderson, and I'm joined by... Ruth, I'm Associate International Editor at the DPR. Hi, I'm Emma Clough, and I'm a copy editor. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of the DPR as an organization. What are you here to talk about today? We're going to be talking about Biden's re-election campaign and kind of what that looks like. And we might be making a little bit of an argument on why we think he actually might be a strong candidate as opposed to what the media has been saying. We'll also be talking about the media's effect on politics and just kind of looking at how Joe Biden's been portrayed in the media, considering all the factors. Um, a lot of the media will actually say that that Joe Biden isn't necessarily a strong candidate, that people aren't necessarily excited by him. Drew, do you have any thoughts on how the media has portrayed Biden? Well, I think uh, the media portrays Biden as this kind of like elderly uncle slash grandpa. And you know, <laughs> he, t he tends to be fumbling around a lot. He's like falling down the stairs. And generally, the picture of him that is portrayed is not really of some great and uh, amazing statesman who is going to do great things for the country. Yeah. So I do think that his, his coverage has been, uh, I, I would say, in general, negative, and yeah. it doesn't really reflect well on the job he's done as president, which is unfortunate because I actually think that he's he's had some very positive influence on the direction the country has been going in, uh, especially if you look at the, the legislation that has been enacted. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think that the media oftentimes tries to pick a sensationalized kind of point of view. And so a lot of the politicians, especially in the Democratic Party, that get a lot of coverage and exciting coverage are people that are a little bit more, I guess, controversial, you could say, or are coming out saying really crazy things or very taking really strong polarized stances. Um, I think especially with the growth of social media that people oftentimes are um, kind of getting more polarized and sort of a liberal agenda in terms of the Democratic Party. And so you have politicians that are getting a lot more excitement around them because of that. And I, But I think that Joe Biden has a kind of political ideology and stance that is more reflective of the actual Democratic Party, which I think is more um, moderate and more considering like different things and not necessarily coming out and saying crazy things. Necessarily not not crazy, but just kind of more out there political ideas. But he's a lot more centered and grounded, I think, than some other of the candidates that people have been kind of floating around and talking about. Yeah, that's uh, I, I definitely see that for sure. And I, I think that I could actually compare him to some uh, incumbent Democratic governors like like Andy Bashir or Josh Shapiro, yeah, because they they are they have proved themselves to be pretty decent administrators in their states. And they kind of have a pulse on where the base of their party is yeah. and they've been acting accordingly and i think biden has actually done a pretty good job of that even though his approval ratings might not reflect that at all yeah definitely i think that biden has also done a really great job at engaging youth voters in a way that we haven't necessarily seen in the past and i think a lot of the um, electoral predictors and all these different things don't necessarily account for that because i don't think that they have even a way to account for that just because it's been so unprecedented in the way that biden has kind of enabled or enable the youth voters and mobilize them to come out and vote for him. I, we saw unprecedented numbers in the last election. And then even just his general like way of engaging with voters, I think, is really unique. He's really like harped on social media and all these different communications platforms and making sure that he acknowledges that the young people are voting. And I think in the past, a lot of times politicians kind of disregarded that group because they thought that they weren't going to get votes for them. And so then also they don't necessarily think that they need to reflect those views in their political agenda. But I think Biden does a really great way of integrating youth into the conversation when considering his policies. Do you think that has something to do with Gen Z being one of the most like politically active generations that we've seen in a long time? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that social media is both a blessing and a curse for a Gen Z. Um, I think that everyone has an opinion now, which I think is really important for democracy in general. But I think it really does hinder democracy in the way that people don't necessarily um, know how to get their information and where to get their information from and um, what information they can even necessarily trust. The media, because of the way that it is set up in the United States, Oftentimes, like the dollar amount is a lot more important. Get, making money in from the media is a lot more important than um, being able to provide safe information for the public. And obviously, they do have to balance that to some regard. Um, but I think that it's with social media, it's there's so many narratives that are perpetuated. And I think also with Donald Trump introducing the idea of fake news, I feel like that wasn't necessarily even in the conversation. You had politicians pushing a narrative where they didn't like the media and like negative feelings about the media. But the way that Donald Trump was able to kind of overcome a lot of his, I would say, negative aspects was being saying it's just fake news. Um, and I think a lot of his voting base because of that are going to be perpetually in the same loop over and over again of never being able to find the correct information. And even if other groups don't necessarily believe in the fake news ideas from Trump, I think that there's still an undertone that's been completely shifted in like the American democracy since 2016 when Trump was elected. Yeah, certainly. And you brought up Trump. Uh, Trump is, uh, I, I think Trump is actually one of the reasons why Biden would prove to be the favorite for the 2024 election, because it's pretty unprecedented that uh, one of the two major parties has a general election candidate that is essentially trying to undermine constitutional democracy. And I think that even though Trump may be very effective at shoring up his base, even though he may be dominating in the polls in the Republican primary, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be a good pick for the general election because you have to win people who are independents, people who are moderates, people who are nonpartisan. And I think that um, I think that Trump is not able to appeal to those demographics, not that Biden is any better, but the fact that we are in this unprecedented time suggests that Biden would indeed be the favorite if there is someone running against him who has proven himself to be unfit for office. Yeah, definitely. I also think that Trump um, mobilizes, like the word Trump mobilizes youth voters, even if they don't necessarily know anything about politics. A lot of times people are just very aversive towards Trump. And so I think for Biden, it's almost going to be necessary that Trump is the nominee, because I think that that's what's going to mobilize voters is maybe not necessarily voting for Biden, but voting against Trump. Uh, and I think that Trump uses his platform in a way that um, definitely mobilizes the Republican Party. And for some reason, it's being shown in the polls. I honestly was not necessarily disappointed, but I was surprised that Ron DeSantis didn't um, do a little bit better in terms of like debating and things like that, because I think his ideology is like definitely as um, controversial as Trump's is, but I think he's a lot more sneaky about it and would be a lot more of a palatable candidate to the most of America. Um, but I think that if it is a Biden v. Trump thing, I think that Biden um, will definitely be able to come out in front. Most of the time incumbents in the past, like like several elections, I'm pretty sure like Reagan, Clinton, Obama, all of those people were incumbents. And then um, Trump was the first incumbent to not be able to win his election. And I think that that proved something. Um, and I think that for Biden, just like there's so many like systematic and historical like uh, examples of incumbents being able to win elections, even when they have the approval ratings that Biden has right now. I just think that it's going to take a little bit of time to get people excited again. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's definitely the case. And I think in addition to that, Biden has proven himself effective in shoring up 
a very important constituency in the Midwest, namely unionized workers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if you look at the 2016 election, one of the main reasons why Hillary Clinton lost is because she she thought that the blue wall, so-called the so-called blue wall, would uh, basically be guaranteed for the Democratic Party in that election. And so she did not take note of that key weakness. And that's why Trump was able to kind of edge her out in states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So I think that Biden has delivered for unionized workers in the Midwest. He's been very strongly uh, pro-labor. Uh, there was, I think recently there was a rule that, in, that the National Labor Relations Board changed, which essentially means that uh, if, if a company tries to union bust, that essentially creates a union instantly. And so I think that changes in rules like that will will definitely improve rates of unionization throughout the country and that in turn will strengthen what used to be one of the key bases of the Democratic Party that has been in decline since the 1980s. So I think that that does bode well for them not only in the next election but a lot of elections to come. So why is Biden like the candidate? Why is he such a good candidate for the Democratic Party going into 2024? I think that Biden has a very unique uh, understanding of the Democratic Party. I think that because he has been in, in politics for a very long time, he's a career politician, he does face some difficulty when he changes policy and different stances on policy because he's been in politics for such a long time. But I think almost for him, that ends up being a very big pro because he has experience and understanding of the Americans or the the public the public's um, pulse on a lot of different issues, um, and he's been able to kind of shift his agenda to fit that, and I really respect that. I also think he's done very well as in his presidency. I think coming off of Trump, I think that it's very refreshing to not see someone in the news every single day saying something more controversial. I think that Biden has consistently been able to uh, recognize what policies need to be done and then executes them. It's not all talk. It's not something that he's saying that he's going to do and then doesn't end up doing it. He, he's been very consistent in being able to en enact policies that are palatable to Americans. I think a lot of Democrats also complain that he doesn't necessarily um, he's not able to enact certain policies and do these different things. But he's able to read kind of what will actually go through and what work needs to be done and what can actually be done. Um, and I think that that's really unique. And I think that's something that you can only really gauge as someone who's been in politics for a really long time and has that experience. Like a vice president for the Obama administration, one of the most respected administrations, I think, in American history, I think also bodes really well for him. I also think that being able to kind of like harp on his accomplishments, I think is going to be key in this next election. I think a lot of people don't necessarily even know. But his list of he's made his priorities very, very clear. His actions on racial equity um, and uh, the economy, especially coming out of COVID, I think just coming off of the Trump um, administration and his um, take on COVID and all of the different things that Trump did around politicizing a pandemic, basically, I think that Biden has completely reimagined it and taken actions that have been needed to kind of healed the country after the Trump administration. And I think that he was the only one that could have done that. I think the healing that needed to be done after um, Trump's presidency um, was vital to Biden's success. And I think he's done that and more. Um, and I think that he not only met expectations, but exceeded them. And I think that being able to um, show that to the American people will guarantee him in the next election. And I also think that uh, you, you were talking about 
how Biden has been in public life for a long time, something like 50 or so years. And name recognition is very important in elections. Uh, a good example would be that in the 2020 Democratic primary, Biden was absolutely not the favorite to win until very late in the primary. And he, he ended up winning by something like 25 percent. He, he won something like 50 percent of the popular vote in the Democratic primary. And I think that a lot of that was the effect of people knowing this guy, knowing who he was, knowing that he was the vice president and all that, that is very important in a general election because you have a guy, Donald Trump, who everybody knows. So you need someone on the Democratic side who has that similar level of recognition because even if you run a candidate who, let's say, is stronger on policy, who is maybe a little bit younger, a little bit more vital, Who knows if they'll actually have the national appeal to win a presidential election. So, uh, and, and, and Biden has tested this considering he's already won a term. So I think that not only is it better to have someone with name recognition, but incumbents are inherently stronger when they run. And another thing is that Biden is, Biden has the insight of many working class Americans because yeah, he himself grew up in a working class family in Pennsylvania. So he knows the importance of unions, manufacturing jobs. And like I mentioned before, that has been a faction in the Democratic Party, a voter base that has been declining since the 1990s as those jobs have been offshore. And, and that effect was to the detriment of the Democratic Party. So the fact that Biden is able to have this uh, sense of what to do for working people, for union families, uh, I think that that's a very strong asset because... Trump himself in 2016, he ran a pretty populist campaign. He talked about, you know, we're not going to send away jobs where we're the, the, the forgotten men and yeah. women will not be for, forgotten again. He ran a very populist campaign. And so in response to that, you need someone who is also slightly populist, who knows how to get these people to vote for them. Because I think the Democratic Party has really struggled with that in the past. And... That, that's in a way why Obama was such a strong candidate, because he was a really good campaigner. He knew that he had to rely on the old voter base of the Democratic yeah. Party to win an election. And so Biden also has that same insight. So that's why I think that he'll definitely make a much stronger candidate than people who may on the surface have better ideas, who might have better ways of getting them implemented, and who might be might have more longevity. Yeah, definitely. So. I also think that a lot there's a huge voter base that isn't necessarily talked about or recognized because their voices aren't the loudest in the conversation in the political discussion and debate because i think that most of the time the people that are needing to be engaged and the different voters that do need to be mobilized are the ones that are moderate and aren't necessarily very uh, polarized in the country i know that there's like a lot of talk about the country becoming increasingly polarized but i don't even know if that's necessarily true anymore i just think that There's you don't have the people that are standing in the middle in the conversation as often. And I think that Biden really appeals. I think that he's the perfect moderate candidate the Democratic yeah. Party needs, because um, I think that now it's not necessarily convincing people to vote Democrat. It's convincing people to vote for a candidate that's engages many different groups and is just mature enough to be able to be in office and not necessarily be in the news every day the same way that Donald Trump was. Um, I think that we need someone that isn't controversial. It's very moderate. It's just kind of like a steadfast leader. And I think that Biden really encompasses that for the Democratic Party. And I think that's why they're putting so much support behind him. He, yeah. I've never seen a candidate with such um, un, like such a support from a party, honestly, in general, just like the way that 
every single Democratic politician has made it very clear that their stance um, is going to be to back Joe Biden in the next election. And I think that that will bode very well as well. And in, in terms of engaging local in different states, like, like having those um, high level positions, like pushing for the Biden and Harris administration is going to be really great. Yeah. And Biden is Biden is campaigning on the kitchen table issues. He's not really emphasizing the wedge issues as much. Yeah. And that's the thing. People may be polarized on cultural things. But if you talk about uh, the economy, things that people have to deal with together, then I think that the country is literally not polarized at all. People yeah. are in, in a lot of consensus agree, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So the fact that Biden is emphasizing those things would make him a much stronger candidate because if you just rely on the wedge issues, you might get your, your base to vote for you, but you might not get the country to vote for you. So yeah. that's uh, that's what I think distinguishes Biden from another Democratic candidate. I, I don't yeah. really have anyone in mind, but that's what makes him very effective. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. Um, something that I've kind of come to realize is that the Democrat, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party focus so much on these niche issues that are so far across the spectrum, like abortion, gun rights, all these different things. But at the end of the day, every single voter in the United States, no matter what political party you are in, economy is your probably your number one priority and is most people's number one priority. And I think Biden recognizes that in a way that I haven't seen another politician be able to do. Um, I Every single... Like, thing that he puts out he's recognizing the economy and its impacts on the economy he when recognizing his COVID-19 pandemic um, res the response he talks about the economy when it comes to healthcare, he's talking about how it can impact the economy um, and so I think he really centers it into a into the conversation in a way that I haven't necessarily seen other candidates be able to do um, in a palatable way so yeah I think that for him being able to recognize the economy and understand um, how much he can talk about it and how he can talk about it is really unique to his candidacy. So just to wrap up, looking forward to the 2024 election, are there any races that you guys have your eyes on? Oh, I've been looking a lot at the Kentucky gubernatorial race this year and where Andy Bashir is up against a Republican. And I think that's a, that it's a very interesting race to look at because Kentucky is actually, even though it may be very Republican today, it has quite long democratic roots and it's it's kind of a union state so i think that andy Bashir has kind of proved himself to be a a moderate although a somewhat populist type of governor to the point that that might start to to bring back some of that old base of the democratic party so I, I'm, I'm just really interested to see how he'll perform in the next election and so just so I can analyze, you know, what what kind of constituencies he's going to revitalize for the Democratic Party or if he's able to or not. I think I'm pretty curious to see what happens in Ohio, um, considering the incumbent Sherrod Brown as a Democrat is running in a state that's been trending red for the past decade. Um, I think that he's definitely going to need a lot of campaign funding to be able to pull this off. But I'm really interested to see how it goes. Not to cheat a little, but I got two races that I'm interested in. <laughs> One is the... Uh, California Senate race to replace uh, Diane Feinstein. I think that's really interesting. All three candidates have, you know, they've all got their issues. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I've got my eyes on right now is uh, California State Senate District SD3. There are three Democrats running for it. Jackie Elward, Christopher Cabaldin, and Rosanna Verderaliga. So that represents us in Davis. That's our Senate District. Uh, so if you are registered in Davis, you'll be able to vote in that election in the primary in March. 
I find that election very interesting. I'm looking forward to getting all the the mail pieces and the uh, all the little bits of information in the ads. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Thank you for listening to the Davis Political Review podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating and a comment on the Q&A section. Thank you to Emma and Drew for joining me today. We hope you enjoyed.